This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bet Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly, the world needs you. Hello, welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. Well, we have been in spring break season around here, and I'm sure many of you with children out there listening today or grandchildren or friends or godchildren or you name it are having spring break too. And here in the Northwest, we tend to have ours, it seems, a little bit later than most of you. I know whenever I travel for work and I'll head to Texas or the South, it seems like most of you have your spring break in March. And most of us here in Washington seem to have our spring break in April or sometime around the Easter holiday. And we just ended our spring break. It was fabulous. We started out spring break with just a staycation and kids played played make-believe in our living room. We live on some acreage, so there's always lots of adventuring they can do here on the property, whether that's building little wood projects with my husband, feeding the chickens, or starting a bonfire. We even have little trails by our house that we can go hiking on. It's really lovely, and our dog will often join us. Before my older cat passed away, she would actually join us too. We'd be on this like two mile hike and we'd look behind us and we'd see <laughs> this white fur ball following us. Her name was Lily. And I can't believe it because she always looked like such a princess cat, but she was the farthest thing from it. And talk about a cool little critter. Gosh, we miss her. Anyways, we started out our spring break with a staycation and then, and then we decided to pack up and do a spontaneous trip to the beach. The beach on the Washington coast is not like the beach right in Mexico or Hawaii. It's definitely Northwest coastline but it's beautiful and just very different, right? But obviously, this time of year, you're not going to have super high temps. You're going to have a little bit more volatile weather. But we packed up the van. I took the five oldest kids with me, and we went on an adventure down to the coast. My parents have a cabin there, and some of my cousins do. And then Spencer had to stick back here for a few meetings. And so Vivi stayed here with Spencer, and I took the five oldest so that we could be a little bit more free, I would say. You know, we didn't have to stop for diaper changes and we didn't have to plan around nap time. The youngest I had with me was four and my oldest is 12. It made for such a fun time. And then it was great when Spencer and Vivi finally joined us along with our au pair from Argentina. She came with us down to the coast. Then we had some friends stop by. It was just a perfect amount of adventuring and staycation. 
I'm just so grateful for that time. I think so often we think on our spring breaks, we have to fly somewhere or go somewhere super fancy or super hot or super far away. And I just want to remind you that there is so much adventuring you can do in your own backyard, no matter where you live. And whether that's kind of make-believing in your own backyard or in your living room with your kids, or whether that's just driving a few hours to have a little spontaneous adventure. And this week on social media, I shared the Dolly Parton quote. You know how much I love Dolly. By the way, going to Dollywood is definitely on my bucket list, and I'd much rather take my kids to Dollywood than Disneyland. Is something wrong with me? Anyone else like this? (laughs) Anyways, one of Dolly Parton's quotes is, don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. And I would say that quote so resonated with me on spring break. As I looked at my children showing me how to really live and live vibrantly and live for the moment and adventure and make believe and how refreshing it is to be reminded of those things. So I said that was kind of my Monday reminder. Don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Making a living doesn't have to be making a paycheck. It can also, in my opinion, becoming too obsessed with cleaning and other household duties that you forget to really live and be present. Now, it could be argued that there's a few of us, maybe one present here at the microphone, that could even clean a little bit more or be a little bit more organized or focus more on that. However, on our dying day, what's really going to matter that we really lived? And I watch how my children live with adventure and joy and creativity, spontaneity. And I think those are all things that I want for my life. So I'm going to get busy living, making a life, and try not to get so busy focusing on making a living, if that makes sense. I also just finished a mealless day, which my mealless day was Monday. So that means I started fasting Sunday night and I stopped fasting this morning, which is Tuesday. So between those times, that would mean that I refrain from eating, okay? And if you follow more the clean fasting approach, that would mean I would only drink unflavored sparkling water, black coffee, black tea, unflavored green tea, hot water, mineral water, plain water. I think that kind of covers it. You can also have electrolytes as long as they're unflavored. Now, sometimes when I do a fast that's more than 30 hours, sometimes I will do something a little bit different. And you have to realize that for a lot of people that are clean fasting, they're clean fasting every day for a certain amount of hours. But a lot of these people are not extended fasting or doing longer fast. And I do believe there are some differences. For example, my longest fast that I have ever done was 93 hours, I believe. And during that time, I had pickle juice, so just for some salt. I believe I even had like a bulletproof coffee one day. Both of those things would not be clean fasting approved. And could I have gone without those things? Most definitely. But if that was the difference for me to keep going on my fast or to stop, I do not believe that it needs to be so black and white in this regard. 
Now, do I believe that you can have pickle juice or should have pickle juice if you're doing your typical 16-hour fast and an eight-hour eating window? No, you should try to clean fast. But there are some times it's different. Now, I have a lot of people that I interview that I respect that will say that if you put anything into your coffee, that does not work. Many of you listened to Dr. Mindy Pell's interview that I did here on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. And some of you came back saying, well, Dr. Mindy says that you can put MCT oil in your coffee, but that's not clean fasting. How do you respond to this bet? And why didn't you challenge her when she was on the podcast? Well, I'll tell you why. Because again, there are some caveats. Dr. Mindy talks about doing longer fasts. If you're wanting to do a 72-hour fast, I think it's okay to add some MCT oil to your black coffee. Now, you who follow the clean fasting protocol can say, well, then that means you broke your fast. I really don't care if that's what you want to call it. Okay, so you put MCT oil in your coffee, you're doing a 72-hour fast, who the heck cares if you break it and then start again? Did that allow that person to keep going? Or are you going to be so rigid and say, well, that's not clean fasting anymore, so therefore stop and start eating? Well, what if that person could have kept going? So yes, clean fasting does give you better results. And I do find it interesting that a lot of people did baby step into fasting by what you would call quote unquote dirty fasting. Maybe they had a bulletproof coffee in the morning. Maybe they put cream in their coffee. Maybe they put MCT oil in their coffee. Some of my friends would say, well, then they weren't fasting. Okay, that's fine. Don't let them call it fasting. But if that helped them get to clean fasting, I'm actually okay with it. And I do want people to get to clean fasting. But I also want people to not be so black and white on certain things. I think we have to recognize that a lot of people in the fasting community are talking about extended fasting, fasting longer than 24 hours. And so as a result, that is going to look different. And you know what? It's okay if you disagree with me. At the end of the day, I just want you to have the best results, be your best, be your healthiest, and feel your best. Really? That's that's what I'm here for. And if what I ever discuss doesn't help you do that, then that's okay too. So Sunday night approached and I knew I knew I needed to do a longer fast. Now, I wasn't ramping up to do like a 40 plus hour fast, but I knew I wanted to do a mealless Monday. Sunday night came, I had a normal dinner, can't even really recall what we had. And then Monday came and I proceeded to have black coffee. I drank some hot water and it was becoming evening time. And that typically is my hardest time. I'm not going to lie. That always seems to be. I decided to go work out at that point in time. And that was a 5.30 class. I'm so glad I did that. I found that that was such a great time to go work out because it burned up some time in the evening where normally it's a little bit harder to get through. I found that I left there really energized and I felt so good moving my body. But I did something that would be quote unquote breaking my fast. 
I went to Starbucks, I got Americano, and I asked them to steam just a little bit of heavy cream and put it on top of my Americano. Now, it was a decaf Americano. If Now, if I don't have decaf that time of night and I have regular, we're in a whole world of trouble. And even, to be honest, drinking decaf that late in the day, it also does affect me a little bit. Like I noticed I had a little bit harder time falling asleep last night, even though I did work out. But that's probably a combination of the fasting all day and the decaf coffee. I had that after my workout. It was about seven o'clock at night. You could say, well, then you just broke your fast. Yes, that's totally okay with me because I'm going for a longer fast. Now, when I do a mealless Monday, do I always do that? No, I haven't done that in a really long time, but I just kind of knew that that's what I needed. Now, I could have done this. I could have said I'm going to break my fast and go have dinner with my family, but I really didn't want to do that, and I really wasn't ready to do that. So I decided to have my decaf Americano with a touch of cream, and then guess what? I closed my window again and I started fasting again until mid-morning today and I felt great. So sometimes again, we get so locked into this principle of different things that we kind of aren't thinking out of the box. But that's the funny thing is I'm so confident in my approach to fasting and figuring out the fasting shoes that fit me best that day, that week, that month, that I'm totally great if you figured out something different than me. I'm totally good with that. And you should be totally good with it too. Moral of the story, I'm finally answering the Dr. Mindy Pell's question that many of you asked me about. But she is saying put MCT oil in your coffee, and I am highly discouraging that. What do you say? Number one, I always prefer you to clean fast if possible. Number two, If you do put MCT oil in your coffee, do I believe it breaks your fast? Sure, I do believe it breaks your fast. Do I believe, though, that if you do it, it's the end of the world and therefore you should just open your window and start eating? No, I do not. Three, we need to take into account that many of the people who talk about a similar approach to Dr. Mindy Pell's do encourage or talk about longer fasts. And when you are fasting for longer periods of time, sometimes different approaches apply. Ironically, I was talking to our priest last weekend, and he told me he puts apple cider vinegar in his hot water. And he says, gosh, Bet, when I need to just push on through, I add a little apple cider vinegar to my hot water, and it just helps me push through. Now, Our priest is not fasting because he's trying to follow a clean fasting protocol. He's fasting for religious reasons during Lent and Holy Week. And so him putting apple cider vinegar in his hot water, to me, is not a big deal because he is achieving the sacrifice that he set out to do, which is to fast. Now, he might not be quote-unquote clean fasting, but he is following a form of fasting. And some of you will say, nope, not fasting at all. Nope, nope. Okay, we'll just say that the minute he has his apple cider vinegar, he's not fasting. And the minute he's done, he's fasting again. I mean, so you say potato, I say potato, okay? That is my take on it. And I am excited to have any of you come on and challenge me and discuss through it. 
that leads me to around kind of Holy Week and a Lent discussion on fasting. Many people, when they talk about fasting for religious reasons, don't mean fasting in the way we talk about intermittent fasting today. When we talk about intermittent fasting today, we talk about not eating anything and then eating, right? So for example, you're fasting for 16 hours and you're eating for eight hours. If you follow like a Christian or a Catholic form of fasting, they will discuss having two small meals and one main meal. That is their form of fasting. So that is why so oftentimes when people talk about fasting, they'll be like, oh, I fast. Okay, well, there are differences and the reasons behind their fasting may be very different. You may be intermittent fasting for health reasons, to lose weight, to get off medications, to heal different medical issues you're having. But someone approaching it from a religious perspective, they aren't essentially fasting to lose weight or to look better in a bathing suit, right? No, that is not the reason for their fasting. The reason for their fasting is to draw closer to God. So it's okay if they kind of have different rules about what they define as fasting because the reasons and the approach are different. Now, I will tell you that I kind of marry the two, that I believe that, of course, I always want to be drawing closer to God on my fasting journey. I also want it to help me to think of ways that I can send strength to others by fasting, right? And maybe that's through prayer and meditation. During Holy Week, it's very common in the Catholic tradition to do some form of fasting, In fact, one of the fasts that is encouraged is to fast from Good Friday up until the Easter Vigil time, which would be Saturday night when they have the Easter Vigil. In the Catholic tradition, fasting is often two small meals and one big meal. But I would say for those of you that are comfortable doing so, that would be a great time to completely refrain from meals. So if you are looking to do a fast this week, specifically due to Holy Week, I would highly recommend that you start on Good Friday the morning of and go until Saturday evening. Now, for some of you that are more experienced or that want to do a longer fast, you could also start sometime on Thursday and go until Sunday morning. You could start Friday and go to Sunday morning for Easter, let's say until you go to Mass or have Easter brunch. My goal for this Holy Week is to start on Thursday evening and to go until Saturday evening. My goal is to do a 48-hour fast. And I do plan on not having any meals during that time. So if you have wanted to try fasting for religious reasons, to draw closer to God in Holy Week, or if you have just wanted to try a longer fast in general, maybe you've done a 36-hour, but you've never made it to 48, I'd love you to join me. And I want to add a few more things. Number one, I am not a physician, so please make sure you are working with your physician on a fasting regimen. Number two, there are many in the medical field that do recommend fasting. If you ever want to share a book with your physician, I highly recommend sharing The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung or Fast, Feast, Repeat by Jen Stevens. Additionally, if you end up needing to end your fast early, that is okay. No one is going to fault you for it. You are not a failure. Instead, 
why don't you look and pat yourself on the back for how far you actually did go? And last but not least, if you need a little encouragement, why don't you listen to my interviews with Jeff Williams? He fasted for weeks, for weeks. And guess what? He did just fine. And just remember, like so many things, ride that wave. There are going to be moments when it's going to feel really hard and moments when it's not. You can do this. Trust me, if I can, you can. And remember, fasting is a muscle. You have to build it, and it does take time. Fasting now for me for a whole day seems like, okay, yeah, it's still hard, but I remember when I first did it for the first time, it was so hard, and I couldn't believe it, and I didn't think I would be able to make it. Remember, you're training your body to be able to take breaks from eating. And it takes a long time for your body to unlearn that it doesn't need food every hour or every two hours. I speak from experience, you guys. I used to be that person. I used to think I had low blood sugar. I used to think I needed a snack all the time. I was always hungry. Always And talk about the freedom to now say, I can go without food for a little while. I can. And guess what? You can too. So my friends, I wish you a very blessed Holy Week. And as we come to a close, I don't know if you know this about me, but I love the movie Braveheart, just to let everyone know. I love that type of music, that scenery. I love that story and the William Wallace character and what he stands for. To me, it is just an amazing movie. And if you haven't watched Braveheart in a while, maybe, maybe it's time to do that this week. But I will end on a quote, kind of tying it back to our good old Dolly Parton. But it's a quote by William Wallace in Braveheart. Every man dies. Not every man really lives. May we all go into this week, this next year, and our lives doing our best to really live. Because we're all going to die someday. But are we doing our best to live? See you next time, my friends. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you. You.